On Friday the 12th of January 2024, St. Laxon's GA Club Freshford hosted a special ceremony in their club rooms in Park Lockton, where a bust of former Kilkenny and Freshford player Pad Dillon was unveiled by Uthoran Common Lutlaskuel Larry McCarthy. Pad Dillon was born in 1938, but sadly died in June 2013. He won four All-Ireland Senior medals, plus Provincial, National League and Railway Cup medals also, the latter with Leinster. Pa was a key member of the Freshford side that won the Kilkenny 1961 and 1963 County Senior Hurling titles. He also won two Cuchullen Awards and was selected in the full-back position on the Kilkenny team of the century. At the formal part of the unveiling ceremony, John Marr was Master of Ceremonies and he introduced St Lacton's GA Club Chairman John Fitzpatrick, Theresa Dillon, wife of Pa Dillon, former Kilkenny GA County Board Chairman Ned Quinn and Larry McCarthy, Uchtaran, Common Lute Class Gael. Firstly, we will hear from Marty Kennedy, who spoke to Community Radio Kilkenny City on the night about the background to the ceremony. You're very welcome here to Park Lacton in Freshford, a special night here, unveiling a bus to a former great, God rest him, no longer with us, Paddy and Marty Kennedy is going to give me some uh, background to the whole uh, evening here, Marty. We can't be accused of rushing into anything, considering Pa left us ten years ago, this is to uh, acknowledge him, the wonderful service that he gave to our club, and we have a fantastic evening lined up here. A lot of his opponents from Tipperary and Cork, teammates from Kilkenny are here to honour us, and we're, we're unveiling a bus that was done by local sculptor Kevin Buckley and to be here for all time. Well as you say lots of great people here we see some photographs on the wall when they weren't in maybe so friendly times they were scalping one another let's put it that way. Yeah there's a famous there's a couple of famous ones there from, from May 1968 that infamous league final yeah but look at that was the way it was then I know knew Pa very well he was a great friend and neighbour and I know a lot of his opponents from around the country and the esteem that they showed to him when they came for his funeral 10 years ago and a lot of them are back here again tonight. Fajavur, we've got dinner, we've club we've locked in on Ehisha. The Nocta Burger, Queen of Corn, Intuck, the Padrigo de Lune. The St. Lacton's Club extends a warm welcome to each and every one of you, but especially to Larry McCarthy, Uchtron Cum and Luke Lascale, Derry Kent, Chairman of the Insta Council, and to the many hurlers who have travelled near, from near and far to be with us tonight. Some opponents, some teammates, and of course, to our wonderful lo- local support, which we always enjoy. As I glance around the room tonight, I, you could say that the place is awash with All-Ireland medal. It reminds me of the night we did for Pa, This Is Your Life, about 14 years ago, and we had uh, Michal and Murray and he came directly from Tim Kennelly's funeral in Terry. And as he called to the house to have a bit eat before he went down to the hall, and as he was having his the, the bit of bit eat, he remarked, you'll never guess how many All-Ireland medals were sat on the pew in front of me in the church. I said, I didn't know. And the answer, he said, was 42. And he proceeded to name the players and the amount of medals that each one had. Now, I'm not going to try attempt that here tonight. Pa himself was a hurling colossus in every sense of the word for his club, county and province in the days of the Railway Cup. In an era where Rattle the Goalie was uppermost in forwards' minds, Pa patrolled the square with both style and fearlessness and was the benchmark for defenders of that era. When you were listening to the radio and you heard Michal O'Hare say, there's a shamajal in the square, you knew who was more than likely to be involved. The Tipperary lads here could probably cast more light on that. Parr retired from the Inter-County in 1972, but continued to play for his beloved St. Lockton's until in 1984, during a special junior match against St. Martin's, Muckley, he attempted to catch or clear a high ball and he got a wallop on the back of the head. 
when he recovered and picked himself up, he inquired as to who was the culprit. <laughs> Nobody was keen to answer until one of his teammates said, Pa, unfortunately, you're the culprit yourself. <laughs> it's time to go, he said. And so he retired from club hurling in 1984 as well. Now, our first speaker tonight will be John Fitz, chairman of the St. Lactans Hurling Club. President, ladies and gentlemen, on behalf of St. Lactans Club, I would like to welcome you all here tonight. We are gathered here to commemorate the legendary Paddy. I would like to welcome our, our president, Larry McCarthy, also present, chairman of Leinster Council, Derry Kent, Theresa and members of the Dillon family, and also the Kennedy family, where the idea of tonight stemmed from. I'd like also to welcome former, former President Nicky Brennan and former Chairman of Kilkenny County Board, Ned Quinn, and present Chairman PJ Kenny and the officers of Kilkenny County Board. We're delighted to have them all here, and maybe you give them a round of applause. Also present here are members of the former Castle and Freshford GA clubs that came together in the early 60s to form this St. Lectons GA club and went on to win two senior county titles in 1961-63. And all you lads are very, very welcome here tonight, lads. We also have here present tonight a number of county former battle-hardened comrades of PA from Kikenny and a few from Tip and Cork also. You're very welcome and I hope you enjoyed the, the catch-up tonight, lads. I'd also like to welcome St. Lacton's Camogie and Horan team, past and present. On behalf of St. Lacton's Club, I'd like to thank Kevin Buckley for doing such a tremendous job on making the bust of PA. We will all be very proud to have it here on display in the club rooms for many years to come. I'd like to thank Paul Costello for making the, the cabinet. I've seen it. It's a wonderful piece of work, and the bus will be put into that and held here in the club. Lastly, I'd like to thank the ladies for all the catering and everyone who helped in any way for staging this event. Have a great night. Enjoy yourself, and thank you all present. As they say, behind every great man, there is an equally great woman. Please give a warm welcome to Theresa Dillon. Distinguished guests and friends in sport, now I won't keep you long because I'm not into this speech and bit, but I'd like to say a few words on behalf of the family. First of all, I would like to thank everyone from the president of the GAA to the hurlers, both past and present, plus past many friends who travelled from near and far to be with us this evening. This tribute to past was the brainchild of Ned Kennedy, rest in peace. And no words can express what I and the people of Freshford and surrounding areas thought of him. May he rest in peace knowing that his contribution to our club and community will be remembered and celebrated for generations to come. His brother Marty, everybody knows, who was also involved, took over the baton from Ned and brought this tribute to fruition. I thank him and the Kennedy family most sincerely. I'd like to take this opportunity to compliment Kevin Buckley and Paul Costello on the wonderful craftsmanship on display. Last but not least, I thank St. Lacton's Club, our chairman, Johnny Fitzpatrick, committee and club members for their tireless work in hosting the special evening 
and I'm sure no one will object if I single out Sheila for her tremendous contribution, as always. So, on behalf of the family, thanks again to all involved for making this night possible, and to the many distinguished guests and friends for their presence. Pat would be hugely honoured by the recognition here this evening and would surely enjoy meeting all his friends and recounting the great times both on and off the pitch. And I'm sure himself and Ned, Tom Aldrin, Killarney and a few of the boys are probably there and maybe a few tip lads maybe as well. <laughs> Jimmy Doyle maybe and a few of them that he always kept in contact with. So listen, thank you very much everybody for coming. Our next guest is surely a man for all seasons. 30 years service to Kilkenny GA, from Board of Oak to Chairman of the County Board, served on numerous committees at both Leinster Council and Central Council level. He's also a trustee of the GA. Tonight we welcome him not just as a great administrator, but in particular as a great friend of Pa and the Dillon family. Munkine's own, Ned Quinn. Thank you, John. Hope they're on coming out of distinguished guests and friends. But first of all, I want to thank the club for inviting me here tonight on the occasion when they are unveiling a bus to Pa Dillon. We never had to say Dillon when we mentioned his name. All we said was Pa, and everyone knew who we were speaking about. As you all know, the wonderful career that he had to St. Lacton's club, the wonderful contribution he made to the club when his hurling career was over, and, of course, the wonderful contribution that he made to Kilkenny hurling. Pa won every championship medal possible with the club. Under 14, under 16, minor, junior, and as the chairman said, a senior as well, two seniors. And that's a wonderful contribution to any club. And I would say that past career coincided with the golden era of Hurling here in Frisford. And that's not a coincidence. At inter-county level, John mentioned it earlier, Hurling was different. Hurling compared to today. It was in the era where the forward was allowed to challenge the goalkeeper. Challenge might be a small word. <laughs> and Pa at full back knew that his job was to make sure that nobody did challenge the goalkeeper. And he took great exception when everyone actually did manage to get in behind him and, and, and deal with him. He had a stellar career. He played both full back and full forward in all Ireland finals, as you know. He was on the Kilkenny panel in 63, winning all Ireland. He was on it in 67, uh, 69 and 72. 71 comes to mind because of the story I heard tonight. At halftime in that game, Roger Ryan had scored a goal on him. And at halftime, he called the selectors and he said, take me off, take me off. Take me off or I'll be in effing jail. <laughs> so, uh, but my great memory of him as a teenager, as I was then, in 67, which was a very significant victory for Kilkenny. It happens to be over Tipperary, first time in 45 years. Late in the game, I think it was Babs attempted to pass the ball into Donny Nealon. And had Donny got it, I have no doubt he'd have stuck it in the net and we possibly wouldn't have won that all Ireland. Pa displayed wonderful skill. He reached into the sky with his hurl, took down the ball very skillfully and cleared it to safety and we went on to win that all Ireland. And that's the great memory that, that I have of, of Pa. I was fortunate in later life to get to know Pa personally and to become a friend of Pa's. And I visited his house on a number of occasions and when he wasn't well as, as that. And anyone knows that you visit the house in uh, the beautiful home they have in, on the Kilkenny Road there that... Uh, you don't come out of it hungry anyway. Theresa certainly was a very, very great hostess when any time I called there. And, and we should acknowledge Theresa's contribution to Camogie and Kilkenny and in Freshford as well. Many all Ireland's won during her time as chairperson of the county board. And of course, Gillian, her daughter, Pa's daughter, won three, I think, three club all Ireland's and definitely won five. 
County All Ireland with Kilkenny. So, like, Dylan family has made an enormous contribution, and I shouldn't forget, I just see him standing down there. Paz Nebbia, Aidan Fogarty, or Taggy as we know him as, who won eight All Ireland medals. So, certainly, the extent that Dylan family and the extent that Dylan family have made an enormous contribution to, to, to Kilkenny hurling. And it's wonderful that Paz has been recognised here in such a special way tonight. I, I, I might finish by telling a story that uh, how he saved me an embarrassment one time. I was chairman of the county board at the time and we had our first concert in Nolan Park. The special star that night was the internationally renowned Bob Dylan. Now I know as much about Bob Dylan as I know about building a wall there, so that's nothing. So I, I, but that didn't stop me going on the radio to promote the concert. And I was in full flight, wonderful occasion for Kilkenny GAA, wonderful occasion for Kilkenny City and the St. Burns, wonderful for the hotels, the pubs, the restaurants, bloody, bloody, blah. And then the interviewer asked me the fatal question, are you a fan of Bob Dylan's? And my reply was, I'd be more a fan of Paddillons than Bob <laughs> And at the time, the Sunday Independent had a quote of the week that they showed on the front page of the Sunday Independent, the quote of the week, and the quote of the week that week was, Kilkenny chairman says he's more of a fan of Paddillon than Bob Dylan. <laughs> and when I, sub- when I subsequently met Pa, he just said to me, I owe you a pint. <laughs> So anyway, I, I'm delighted to be here and I'm delighted that the club, I thank the club and I thank the Kennedy family. Unfortunately, Ned is not here. Wonderful man, wonderful GA man. Done great work here in Freshford. Also done great work in Tullerone. He was the teacher there when Tullerone won the, the Fela, which for a parish of less than 800 people was a remarkable achievement. And Ned contributed all of that and has contributed so much in the historical end of, 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 of this parish here as well. So as your chairman said already, and have a great night. It's wonderful to see all the former players here, and if I pick out Babs and, and, and Len Gaynor that I know of from Tipperary that are here, it's wonderful that you're here, lads. It's great that the friendship has endured over all the years. And, you know, one of the things that Pat taught me was that he, that he often had done his business, in, a lot of his business in Thurlis. He was like going into Thurlis, meeting the lads and talking about Longo, and that he bought all his cars in Thurlis. So, like, what happened on the hurling field was left on the hurling field, and, and the, but the friendships continued and continue right up to the, the end of Pa's life. So thanks again for the invitation to be here, and everyone have a great night. Apart from four Ireland medals and the list of medals, he won every honour here locally from under-14, under-16, minor, junior, and two, two senior county finals, and throwing two Cullen Awards, the precursors of the All-Star Awards. Pa used to tell a great story himself, about some of those schmuzzles in the square. Uh, it was in Clare. I think it was on the NSO of Clare. Pudden Cullinan was pulled forward. I don't know if Pudden Cullinan was the culprit or not, but again, it was a, a high ball, and Pa came out the wrong end of the, the schmuzzle. He lost two teeth and got a very bad cut lip, and he was in on the table, Dr. Puddy, and Dr. Puddy stitching him up, and Pa said to him, will it leave a scar? And the answer he got back, no sympathy. You're no beauty, it'll do you no harm. <laughs> the first overseas president of the GAA, a native of Bishopstown in County Cork, and a member of the Sligo Football Club in New York. And he has served New York GAA in a number of capacities, including secretary, chairman, and central council delegate. He is also a trustee of the GAA and was part of the Strategic Review Committee. To a forge of war, with Laurence McCarrick, Uchtron, come and look last game. (laughs) 
Gandout is more on privilege on the liver nor kites per shield to show. I see him more Kelor or Shadag Navla come and look class grail Navlock than Angan Augustin come and look class grail Kunde Kilkenny. August is privilege dom on Andalic Shaw, the, the Pa and Nocta on Anocta. As you are aware and has been alluded to already, Pa won for all Ireland. I have great memories of one he didn't win. 1966, Cockpit Betches in the All Ireland final. Three McCarthy's, Justin, Charlie, and Gerald and John O'Halloran, and it was one I suppose that you might get, say, got away from you. Having said that, you then came back in the 69 and 71, he won two All-Ireland against us. And I can say us at this stage because I'm born and bred, bred in Cork, and even though my GA affiliations would be with, 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 with New York, obviously. But it's very, very appropriate that you would be honouring somebody like Pa here tonight, and that you would honour him with a bust. Because as an organisation, we have a huge number of local heroes local heroes who did so many great things, not only for their clubs, but for their county as well, and, and particularly on a national stage. And obviously padded that here in, in, in spades, to, to, to use a phrase. And people like that deserve to be honoured, and their success deserves to be honoured. And it's not only for, their, for their, their personal success and their personal skills, but it's also for the joy and the pride that they bring to us as members of this community, that they bring to their, their communities across the, across the country, I would suggest you. Because make no doubt about it, you are members of the greatest community-based sport organisation in the world, bar none. And we should continue to honour people who have made those contributions to our local communities. And I say that in full knowledge that we have 1,500 clubs on the island of Ireland, we have another 450 off the island. And each and every one of them is buried in their communities and is the essence of their community. And we should honour these heroes that we have, local heroes, national heroes. And long may that continue, because that's part and parcel of what we do and will continue to do. It makes us unique as a sport organisation, ladies and gentlemen. You're also members of the greatest intergenerational sport organisation that exists. I look around the room and I see, I don't know what age that young man is, but he's probably eight, and I'll say eight, and there might be a couple of 80-year-olds in here. And on any pitch on any weekend, you're going to see that generational gap. But that's what makes us different. And that's what we're all about, because we're all part of our own, our, our own community, which suggests you. And if there's any politicians here tonight, are there? No, this is unique. This is a unique gathering for me, that I haven't had politicians hanging out here. Juan, where are right. And what I'm going to say to the local politicians is you had better continue to invest in the GEA and invest in clubs like this and in any facilities that they need, fund them. Because the return on the investment that you're going to get as a politician, as a public entity, is off the charts. The ROI is off the charts when you invest in us as an organisation. Again, because we're at the heart of our communities. So if you as a club are looking for funding, go to the politicians and make that argument to them. Because you deserve it as members of, of the GEA. I have the great honour of speaking at an awful lot of events like this. And when I hear the words, now that I have you, I know what's coming next is probably not laudatory. At best, it's a suggestion. And at worst, I'm going to get the finger in the chest. You need to do this. So now that I've got you, what are you doing for referees? What are you doing to develop referees? What are you doing to elevate the level of respect that we have for referees? We have to do it. We have to elevate the respect for it. And I'm very cognizant that I'm speaking in Kilkenny where there were some difficulties last summer, I think. Right? So we've got to elevate the respect that we show for our referees and it begins with you and I how many of you have never ever bumped the ears of a referee on the sideline 
Jesus, I've got a, a room full of liars. <laughs> <laughs> We've got to start with... It's self-evident without referees, we don't have games, right? And they're part and part. They're the Lepra Navahanta come and look Grail. The unappreciated heroes, I would argue. And so collectively, we've got to do elevate that respect and treat them better than we have been treating them historically, I would argue. So please, if you remember nothing else about Larry McCarthy coming to St. Lockton's tonight, remember that he spoke about respect and respect for referees. And please go back and show and elevate and help elevate and develop referees right across this county. Ladies and gentlemen, it's been a great honour to be invited here. I'm absolutely thrilled, privileged to be here to be the person that's unveiling the bus to Pa Coramila Mahagat the Gafenya. After the formal unveiling of the Padillon bust had been completed, Community Radio Kilkenny City spoke to a number of those in attendance who paid due tribute to the former Freshford and Kilkenny star. Among them were former Kilkenny stars Eddie Kerr, Noel Skeen, Fan Larkin and Jim Tracy, all of whom played with Padillon. Also present were former Tipperary stars and one-time opponents of Kilkenny and Padillon were Michael Babs Keating and Len Gaynor. Kilkenny star of recent years, Aidan Taggy Fogarty, a winner of eight All-Ireland medals and a nephew of Pad Dillon, spoke about the influence his uncle had on his playing career. Community Radio Kilkenny City also spoke to Bobby and Gillian Dillon, son and daughter of Pad Dillon, and they spoke about their father and his influence on their lives. Finally, as with all Kilkenny J gatherings, the evening concluded with a rendition of the Kilkenny anthem, The Rose of Munkine. We're immediately in front of the photographic area and Eddie Kerr, I'm looking at the league final of 1968. This was a case of kill or be killed. Would that be the best way of summing it up? I'd say that's a good way of putting it up. It's probably the worst match I ever took part in. The, the pulling was desperate altogether and uh, we're looking at that photo. I, I remember in my case, I was, I was coming out to a ball and I won't mention the fellow who was on me, pulled on me, yeah. And I, I went down, pulled on my chest, and I got out of breath, and I went down, and Kieran Cuddy, Doc Cuddy, came in. And five minutes after, a man did the very same thing, and I, and he came in, Cuddy came in, and he said something to the fellow that hit me, and he put out his tongue at him, and Doc Cuddy hit him a box and knocked him. And then he was escorted out, and he was escorted out the back. Uh, behind the stand and fellow was escorting him out said if you put on a cap on you I'll let you in around the back again and he came in around the end line and when he came in this was on he was nearly into that as well the the, the scene we have here with Pa and Ted and Jim Tracy that's not Babs that's Babs yeah I think that's Babs you wouldn't think Babs would be into that sort of a game I thought he was a skillful order <laughs> what can you remember of that Ted? I was a sub. I, I was sitting looking at. I was near enough to a Nicky. I can tell you that. But it was a serious, a serious match. Like you know, it was. Uh, the, the pulling now was. Uh, I suppose you could say it was a little dangerous. To be quite honest, you could be in jail now if you did it. Uh, I'd say you. You would definitely get more than six months. I see. Ali was on the ground there, so you were probably. Uh, it looks like he was injured. You must have been getting ready to come in. I was getting. I was getting ready. Yeah, hoping he'd get up as well. <laughs> at the same time. But uh, I, I forget what part of the match that was. I can't remember. Yeah. Was it in the second half? I, I'd say it was the second half, yeah. So, yeah. What games, Eddie, between Kilkenny and Tipperary back in those days? They were a, they were a bit of a law unto themselves. They were. That was uh, 68. It was, that was the match after the 67 All-Ireland. And that was sort of high noon now, you know, after the battle in 67. And that was the first time they met. And, and this was... 
die, kill or be killed. Yeah, it was a case of all scores having to be settled. Yes, exactly, yeah, yeah. I'm just after remembering something now, Noel, about the day. I think I think it was the first half, because I think, I could be wrong, the referee gathered the two teams before the start of the second half, all in the middle of the field, and warned them, uh, you know, to, to change their tactics. And actually, there was no belt at all in the second half. You're right about that, because I tell you why, where I was talking off was over near the door, and at half time, a knock at the door, yeah. and we opened the door and said, Dr. Coody came with a cap on him and glasses. Yeah. That, I remember that now, all right, yeah. It was the first half that happened now, thinking of it. But it's amazing, though, subsequent to that, how Kilkenny players from that era and Tipperary players actually became quite friendly. Oh, they did, yeah. Oh, from there on, they, they seemed to cop themselves on or something like that, but there were some serious matches, though. I remember a match in Nolan Park, fairly serious one as well, that time, and oh, yeah, the pulling was savage now, but I suppose... Kind of, I don't know, the slacking off a good bit after that, didn't they? They didn't get as, the pulling went as bad anyway. Like, uh, maybe more skill came into the game or something like that, Nicky, I don't know. Or maybe referees changed, I don't know. Father Tommy Marr was not slow to tell you to stand up and defend yourself. Oh, no, because his thing all along, he wanted to beat Tip in All Ireland. And he was beaten, I think he was 45 by Tip, uh, his, his one and only, before he went away to the priesthood. And he was mad to beat Tip. And his whole thing was that they had to build a team strong enough to take on Tip physically, you know. So he, you know, he wasn't backward and coming forward and telling you to look after yourself, you know. Your thoughts on Pa Dillon? Pa was an amazing character. Now, it was great for us to have Pa on our side I'd hate to be against him but the nicest man you ever met off the field and a very very good friend I'd be glad to say but on the field of play when he got a hurl in his hand I'd rather be playing with him than against him that's for sure that's he had two very different personas on and off the field didn't he uh, unbelievable unbelievable I can remember playing in a, a clear we were playing clear in a semi-final and it was a tough game too, so league semi-final. I was actually, Ollie was sick, I think, the same day. But there was a guy called, I think John Callan or something was his name, or John Cullinan. Yeah, from Clare playing. Well, I tell you, the ball was only an excuse the same day, that's a fact. An excuse, yeah. They just let fly every time. But it's amazing after the match then you're talking to Pan, you're a completely different man altogether, yeah. like, you know. But he was able to mind him himself, let's say, you know. He, so it's a nice touch for Freshford to unveil the bust here tonight. I think it's good when heroes of the past like that, nice to have them in the midst here. Young lads will we won't have to ask questions who he was. Yeah, it's a pity in a way you have to die though before that happens, Nicky, you know. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't know about it. We do, but he doesn't know about that though. So I, I think uh, they should do something before you die, not when, when you're dead. Not a bad suggestion, all right. Listen, Eddie, uh, your point, Nicky, about the friendship. You're dead right. Like we got very friendly with all the tip lads that we were hammered up against that time. Babs is a very good friend of ours. You know, Len Gaynor, uh, Larry Kiley, and we meet a lot of them at the at the golf and that sort of thing. But we became great friends despite all the battles. Lads, thanks for chatting. Okay. Well, I'm talking to two former Kilkenny stars now who played on the right and on the left of Pad Dillon at various stages. Fan Larkin, what can you tell me about Pad Dillon? What do you want to know about him? Well, you tell it now straight out. Oh, I think he was a great man to play beside. He used to command the square. And that was the big thing in them days. Because you had to defend the square, defend your goalie. Yeah, he was a great man there. 
But then he was a hell of a big man, and he was a better hurler than a lot of people thought. Yeah, Jim Tracy, your thoughts on Pat Hill, and you were played very close to him as well. I was played with Pat for years, and he always looked after the square and the goalkeeper especially. Of course, you, when you were playing beside Pat, you want to mind yourself. to be swings going everywhere, you know what I mean? Well, Hurland was very different in those days. We can see from some of the photos here behind it. As I said to Karen Skane earlier, it was a kind of killer be killed. Oh, that's true, that's true, yeah. But you, you respected one another after the field, after, after all the games later. We had the tough times on the field, but we were always good friends later on, you know. But Pal was minded the square, though. And it's an amazing way some the Kilkenny lads were so friendly with a lot of the tip lads later on, despite the rivalries. It says a lot maybe for the type of characters that are wearing, maybe for the GA as well. Well, it, that's the way it was, you know. The game was over and, until the next day. You know, you shake hands. But you wouldn't be meeting socially like they do now. I mean, you mightn't see another lad, Tipperary chap, on Jimmy Dyle, you mightn't see him on the next day you play him. Not like now, everyone meets one another. The battles in the 67, 68 time, that was probably the height of when it was the toughest. Ah, well, I'd say it was tougher even back further. I'd say it was tougher in the 50s. I mean, that was the game. That was the game. The lads will be saying, give me a man to fill the jersey, full forward or full back. Tell me, Jim, what sort of instructions was Father Tommy Marr given to you whenever you were playing Tipperary? Let the ball do the work and get the ball as far away from your own goal as possible. And that's not being done now at the minute. Do you know what I mean? If the ball is at the other end of the field, their forwards can't score. And of course, if you had to stand up and defend yourself, he wasn't slow to tell you either. Oh, because it's true, yeah. Because our ground hurling at time time, it, you pulled in that and that moved probably at that time. You know? that's yeah, the way something that's gone from the game now is, is the ground hurling. And uh, do you miss it? Well, if you pulled on the ball now, you'd be put off or took off. They don't anyone pull now. I mean, the way they see the, they say the schmozzles now, with seven or eight lads around the ball, trying to get it up, a scrum, they call it. Well, in our day, there'd be a lad or two with a broken ankle or a broken knee, because you'd be pulling, and that'd be that. Do you find the Tipperary games, Jim, were the, maybe the most memorable of all? Ah, they would have been in my time, because after beating them for so many years since 67, like, it was a sweet one, you know. And T- Tipperary had some savage players on that team, but there were probably coming, a lot of them coming to the end of their tether, you know. But still, that's what's 1867, and we're still friends with a lot of them up the present day, which is great, you know. Well, Jim and uh, Fan, listen, thanks, lads, for chatting to us. Well, look, Michael Babskating, a great pleasure to have you here in Freshford tonight. And, you know, we're seeing photographs there on the board of tough times between Kilkenny and Tipperary. But the amazing thing was, some of your best friends to this day are Kilkenny hurlers you played against. And that's testimony to you and the Kilkenny guys. You, you love coming to the events like this. You know, Nicky, there's an old saying, you know, the people that you'd had the hardest battles against, against were always the fellas that ended up great friends. And if I go back to the history with Pearl myself, like we had tough days on the field. But in 1968, we both worked for the same company and ESO contributed 100,000 to the development of Keown Oris. And there was a lunch in the, it was the Shelburne at the time, I think. And it was about the Friday week after we played a league final. And that'll be remembered for Ollie being suspended and John Flanagan and Eddie was involved and Lynn here was involved. And I was working Pat Henderson and I was oblivious to everything that went on. We both played the game and played the ball. But like, it got a terrible report afterwards. But anyway, the following Friday week, we were all in the, in the Shelburne for this presentation and Pa was there. All the former uh, inter-county players that worked for ESO. 
Now at the time there was Jim Morrissey and Phil Wilson. Dick Ling as a former handballer was there. Then you had Willie Welch of Cork. There was Theo, Liam Connolly, Tom Larkin and myself in Tipperary. And somebody else in Cork, I can't think. But uh, anyway, when we got, at the, got together at the bar, my, despite the words we had the previous Sunday week, Pat came over and shook my hand and said, Michael, he addressed me as. <laughs> now, I didn't know it was a sarcasm or being, being the perfect gentleman. But anyway, it broke the ice for me with Pa, despite all the hassle we had in previous years. And after that, and the fact that he worked for us on my job in Dublin, I was in regular contact with Pa. And I would say he was probably one of the most generous men and kindest men I ever worked with. And I'll tell you why, Nicky. I was in the privileged position that I could give handouts, but I couldn't do it without the cooperation of fellows like Pa in the local depot. And I had many guys looking for maybe a few hundred gallons of diesel who were, who were badly off or somebody looking for a free tank. Now, if, if somebody like Pa didn't feel like delivering the product, I could do nothing about it. And, and I had that situation in other areas. I never had to ring Pa up what these subscriptions honoured. It was always. And down the years, and I, I always remember when he got sick there, but nearly 12 years ago, he rang me up and I met him for lunch. And we both cried, you know, because he recognised the difficulty he was in. And in the intervening years, and I would say there was one other event that I will always remember Pavar. I was great friends with Christy Ring and Mick Mackey. And I organised a charity game at home. And while Pa's appearance would be as big as Ring and Mackey coming to Tipperary at the time, but when I rang him, oh, I'll be there, Babs. And we had a gathering like this in the hall for something to eat afterwards. So it was a huge success because, Nicky, you know what, what Ring and Mackey were in, in rural Ireland nearly 60 years ago. They were huge. But anyway, I got a, a Biro set sponsored. And I made the presentation, and Pa came up for his, for his present anyway, and he took out the buyer, he said, Babs, I will be able to send you a Christmas card now. And so, like, and, and down the years then, as I said, work brought us together, but like... But he was a decent hurler as well, I mean, yes, robust and all that, but that was the hurling of the time, but he was a very effective hurler for Kilkenny. Ah, he was a powerful man, like, and having Nolly behind him, like, was huge, like, down like, you you think of you think of um, of the men that he had beside him like Tracy was great, Ted Carroll was great, and we know about Fan. So like, I, I can still picture Jimmy Doyle looking out the dressing room in Nolan Park and the Kilkenny team, and he'd say, "Look at Tracy, look at Larkin, look at look at Pa. What the fuck are we going to do?" <laughs> but uh, like, they were great days. Absolutely wonderful. And look, Michael Babskate, and a real pleasure. Great to see you looking so well and continue to be held at hearty. Nicky, thanks again. Uh, Len Gaynor, a lovely event here tonight, Len. It's great to have representatives from Tipperary because while the hurling was tough, there are still some very good memories and good friendships have developed over the years between the Kilkenny players of that era and your own era. Uh, well, I think that's true for all the hurlers back through the years. Ourselves and Kilkenny were very heavy rivals and had it very hard, hard, hard and heavy on the field. But when it was over, it was over. And Kilkenny supporters as well as players, they have a great knowledge of the game. And it's nice talking to them, even though you know they're going to beat you the next day on the field. But they know their stuff. 
and they're genuine about the opposition as well as their own team as well. You know, they really appreciate good hurling. And when you look back over the years, God, it's probably fair to say Kilkenny and Tipperary, there's been other great battles with other counties, but Kilkenny and Tipperary have rarely disappointed. Well, it's, you know, they're two great hurling counties. There's no doubt about it. Kilkenny have their own style. Very classy and very good hurlers always. Tipperary be more heavier hurlers, if you like. But, but... Uh, very proud of themselves and where they come from and, and their their reputation as hurlers and they like to display that every time they go out and when you have two good counties like that meeting the sparks are going to fly and it's going to be hot and heavy but when the match is over it's over and that's it When you were approaching matches against Kilkenny now when you came on the team yourself and over your lifetime was there a particular way you approached playing Kilkenny the lads over the team did you, were you told to deal with them in any such particular way? Uh, not really no we were told that if we gave them room, they'd destroy us with hurling. And you had to be very tight on your man and that sort of stuff. And that is true of anyone. If any hurler gets lots of room, he, he will play the game as he wants to. But if you're, if, I would find myself, now from a personal point of view, if I wasn't playing against a good team, I wouldn't be geared up for the match. But if I was playing against Kenny or Cork, I'd be geared up for it before, a day before the match and be ready for action. And that's why the sparks did fly like when the game was on then. Everyone was fighting for their own rights and to try and win the game and keep the pride intact. And Pa Dillon, your memories of Pa because he was, he was cheek tough and fearless. He was absolutely. He, he, he patrolled and he controlled the Kilkenny full back line and he drove his Kilkenny team forward from there. And there's no doubt about it, he had a fierce influence on all the games that Kilkenny played that he was playing in. And in the 67 All-Ireland, he met a great Ned, Ned Quinn, I think, referred to it there, a great interception. I passed from one Tipperary forward to another, and if it had come off, Tip might have won. There would have been a goal scored and to made an awful difference. But he, he intervened, snapped the ball and cleared it down the field, and Tipperary's chance was gone. So he was very influential and he kept his own players on their toes as well. And uh, Well, that was in an era where the goal he needed protecting, and that was Ollie, of course. And, I mean, the full-back's job was protect the square and protect your goalie at all costs. Yeah. Well, you had to protect the goalie because the forwards were allowed to tackle him and jostle him into the back of the net if they could. And I saw many a goal scored. The goalie would catch it, and he'd be shoved over the, the goal line, and a goal would occur. So... A fullback had to be very vigilant for that and very strong and very determined not to let him in. And Pa was full of that, like he was well able to. He was a strong man and he was fiercely committed. And, you know, he was the sort of a guy you'd like to have on your team. You wouldn't like to be playing against him anyway. Now, I mean, it's probably a ridiculous question, but comparing the hurling of those days to the hurling of today, today's hurling, you know, is very structured in such a way. There was maybe far more flamboyance and playing off the cuff back in in your own days or even in years later when I was playing. But it's it's so structured now. Do you get the same enjoyment out of it? Well, I get get enjoyment out of it. I, I really do. I admire the young players, today's players. I admire their fitness, worst of all, and their application to the game. It's a different type of game, but that's natural. Everything evolves and changes. It never, it, it never uh, says the same. Nothing says the same. And hurling has changed completely. That you're, 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 you're nearly conditioned out to hold onto the ball. That's the big thing, first of all. Don't give it away. And the fellas are throw, catching the ball and running and passing it and that. But I do enjoy it. I must say, I do enjoy the young players and I admire them. But it is different hurling, and that doesn't mean that ours was better. 
I'm not saying which of them is better. We really enjoyed our hurling at the time, and I presume they're really enjoying it now in the present day as well. Well, look, Glenn, lovely to see you. Good to see yourself and your good lady, wife, uh, hale and hearty, and still at all these matches. I mightn't see as many Kieran's matches now that young Donna Murphy has gone on to bigger and better things, but good health to you both, and uh, I'm sure we'll see you at some match or other. Thanks very much, Nicky, and right, thanks, Glenn. Good luck. Taggy Fogarty, you followed in past footsteps, a member of the family, you won eight All-Irelands, he won four. What can you remember about him in your younger days? Yeah, actually, look, Pat was um, an absolute idol in, in our house. You know, when I was a kid growing up, you'd hear the stories the mother would be telling um, about going up to Crow Park. And, um, you know, everyone kind of idolised Pat, and he was a hero around my vicinity, and obviously in Freshfield as well. And there are the stories I would have heard growing up, and there are the stories I, I wanted to be Pat Dillon when I was a young lad and hurled for Kenny, and that's where it all stemmed from, really. Hurling in past days was a bit different than in your time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Looking at a photo inside there at the function there, there's no sign of a ball, but there's hurls flying everywhere. Else. It's an iconic photo. And I suppose that was the folklore of as well, was the stories that he was tough as nails, um, minding that square, and you know, no one got past him. And that, you know, that's what I kind of emulated once to be as well. You know, he's just a great man. And I suppose he's great for the club as well. And he really brought everyone together as well. Absolutely. And of course, uh, he had great games against Tipperary, and you had great games against Tipperary as well. Something ironically in my own era and Jar Henderson that era we never had big games against Tipperary because they were down a lot lower in the group at that stage yeah absolutely uh, Nicky and um, you know we, we, obviously Tip came when we were, were very good it was a fierce battles but Pa as well I remember Pa when he, he got sick unfortunately I called into him there with um, tickets for, for the Ireland and we're playing Tip and I remember he, he was getting a little bit shook alright and he, and he shook my hand and he just said don't let them boys win the, that one and, you know and, you know, it's just got a little bit of tear to me eye because he knew he was kind of failing a small bit but he still said don't let them boys get one over you know but that was the rivalry and you, you see in there tonight uh, Nicky you know Babs was down you know, Len Gaynor was down uh, fierce friendships formed over the years but still a fierce rivalry all the same yeah it's great because even when he was uh, in his own business he spent a lot of time in Torles we were told he bought his cars in Torles he actually had a great relationship he was very friendly with Jimmy Dial, for example the late Jimmy Dial. yeah very friendly often heard um, his name be mentioned in our house as well and you know the camaraderie ships and have and like what I couldn't get over as a young lad you know hearing all these battles from the lads telling me about you know the rows on the field and the fights but off of them Pa was an absolute gentleman and he'd ring you up and he'd talk to you and he kept all them friendships going because as you know Nicky you can lose friendships over time but Pa kept all them going and that'll tell you how tight they were Yeah and it was great because I mean it, it look at it maybe the Freshford Club probably realised they probably should have done this a little bit earlier but it does it is important to remember great people like I see a lot of young people out here tonight would not have known of Pa Dillon but this will generate a bit of interest now they'll ask themselves who was Pat Dillon and tried to follow his footsteps absolutely for sure I, I, when Teresa rang me Pat's wife you know I, I wasn't expecting this kind of a turnout now I didn't know what to expect and uh, there was a massive crowd here tonight and as you said it was young that's poking out in the field you know, and a few people didn't even know that I was his nephew you know, and I was telling them and they couldn't believe it you know. So this will raise uh, it'll raise hurling it'll raise profile it's good for Freshford and obviously it's great to uh, remember Pat in that way well of course if you were uh, you know realised what he was doing when you were a small boy he realised what you were doing many many years later he was immensely proud of what you achieved on the, on the hurling field winning Eight All Ireland medals, which is an incredible achievement. Yeah, look, Pat, he, he, like he wasn't that man to, to praise it, but he'd always pat you on the back, he'd always give you a word of encouragement. He never asked for tickets, but he always made sure to get Pat middle of the hog and you know, to get him a good seat. And you know, he'd always say, Look, the best look and try your best and enjoy the day. That's all he'd ever say. And deep down, you'd know that he'd be absolutely gunning for you. Well, a lovely family occasion. Thanks for talking to us, Ed. Thanks, Nicky. Great pleasure to be talking to Gillian and Bobby Dillon. Bobby, I'll uh, talk to you first, your memories of your dad. Ah, look, he was a fantastic father. We had a brilliant time growing up. There was never any pressure in the household. In fact, the discipline was normally looked after by mum. So, in fairness, we never saw, I would say, a side of dad that wasn't very easy going. He was great fun, had a great sense of humour. What did you know about him from his hurling experience and his hurling days? 
very little because he didn't talk about it at home. And I'm not sure if Jill uh, would know or feel the same, but when I would, you know, be out and about and people would be kind of talking to us about us, this is all now pre-social media, and they'd be kind of recounting some of the stories. To be honest, you know, we couldn't uh, make that link between the stories and that at home. So it was only as we got older that we kind of became aware that he, you know, the 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 the, the, the matches against Tip and all those great those great games. Uh, but yeah, we just couldn't seem to to link, we'll say, the stories with the person we knew from home. What about yourself, Gillian? What do you remember of uh, his hurling days? Did you did he talk about it to you much? No, not much at all. Same as what Bob was saying. Um, all he ever did, mostly, never spoke about it, but he'd always have the hurl with him. So if we were going down the farm, he'd always say, bring on the hurl. And you could hurl there for an hour, then you'd go down for the cows or the cattle or whatever, and then back, maybe hurl for another little bit. And that was, that's what he loved most, really. But he never spoke about how he hurled or how told, ever told us how for us to hurl. Do you know what I mean? Only give 100%, you know. But as Bob said, it was only latter years as we got older and talking to people, we realised, God, he was so tough. You know, and the games back then were so tough. And I've seen a few videos. As a guy, some of the stuff you wouldn't get away with now today, with all the cameras that'll be around. But um, it was never amazing, impression. though, even though tough and all as they were, and a lot of them were against Tipperary, how they remained so friendly and, and, and right up to the end. I know, and that's testament here tonight at Mount of Hurlers that are here tonight, and all the stories that they're coming out, and a few of the Kenny boys in the corner there, Fan Larkin and them boys, they were saying they were only the good stories, that they have the really good stories in their corner, he said, afraid to tell everybody else. Wasn't it lovely that Freshford uh, J Club uh, got this bus ready and uh, launched here now? I know it's 10 years or more since he died, but nevertheless, there's a great memory for yourselves as a family, but also for the members of the club and younger members who might not have known who Pat Dillon was. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're very grateful to St. Lacton's, the club. I mean, it's a fantastic honour for the family to have Dad's bus there. And, you know, just even, we'll say, in, in, the, in the scheme of just uh, his memory, you know, as you said, younger people coming through, see the bust and the stories and uh, ah, it's, a, it's a great honour we're very very appreciative to the club now, I know your man was a huge motivator to, through your Camogie career how, how well did dad get involved? yeah uh, very involved as in um, hurling wise uh, and tactics and you know hitting the ball hitting up the ball in the air now you know catch this or hit it on the ground it was all a lot of ground hurling back then but he'd never tell you how to hurl He'd never, or he'd never tell you, if you had a, t a stinker of a game, he'd never say, God, you were brutal today. He'd, he'd always be the same. You won by 10 points and you scored five of the last points, you wouldn't hear about it. Or if you had the worst game of your life, you wouldn't hear about it either. That's how level-headed he was at home and very easygoing, as Bob said. Totally different person, like, like a Jekyll and Hyde, compared to what you'd hear of stories of his own hurling career. Well, the success you had here with, uh, with Freshford and the Camogie Fields and with Kilkenny and the Camogie Fields, that must have made him enormously proud. And it made your man proud as well, because she was involved at county board level there. Yes, oh yeah, yeah. He, he, like, he never missed a match. A phenomenal supporter uh, in a quiet way, you know, um, and loved, loved watching us win, you know. And we had, a great, we had a great time. We were on the crest of a wave back then. And look at, hopefully now the club is coming up again. We have a great underage system now going again. We have loads of numbers. So hopefully our time will come again, you know. It's a lovely evening for his grandchildren as well, that they're able to see this and relive this. And they possibly realise, but I think they'll learn a lot more this evening with what was said with the attendance here and now that the, the bust has been unveiled. Oh, absolutely right. I, I was looking across at the lads, you know, and you could see them listening with awe. Oh, they wouldn't have heard any of these stories or... 
they wouldn't have realised that I suppose he was held in such high regard by his teammates and, and other people. So they have learned an awful lot tonight because, again, he never spoke about it himself. So it's oh, well, look, Gillian and Bobby, lovely to have you here tonight and uh, a wonderful honour for a great man. And uh, he left us all too early, but you have great memories. Oh, yeah. And look, again, I'd like to alliterate what Bob said. We'd love to thank the club once more. Absolutely fantastic tribute to him and for all the work behind the scenes that nobody ever sees. But you can see the, produ the production tonight was fantastic. Yeah, well said, Gillian. Thanks. Thanks very Thanks much.